Hey, hello again, everybody. John Porteous of the Lovells Township Historical Society here, and you're listening to the Backcast Podcast. This week, Glenn Everly and I are joined by Josh Greenberg. Uh, we're shifting topics a little bit this week. Uh, Josh is going to talk about what it's like to run a fly shop during a pandemic. So without further ado, here we go. We're, we're going to talk to Josh about uh, uh, what it's like to run a business, uh, especially a fly fishing lodge, in the midst of a, a, the, the coronavirus. And uh, we can't imagine the, the trials and tribulations of that, but uh, Josh is going to share some of that with us. But Josh, to start with, uh, perhaps you just tell our, our, our listeners uh, how you ended up uh, as a co-owner of uh, Gates Osaba Lodge. Well, I've just worked here my whole life, and so uh, whole whole teenage and adult life anyway. So one thing kept leading to another, uh, and I was guiding at the time that Rusty got sick and sort of took over a management role to help him through, and unfortunately he didn't make it. Um, but once he knew the end was going to come sooner than we all wanted, uh, he sort of laid out a blueprint for how a poor fishing guide could buy Gates Lodge. Um, but, but it was really his wife, Julie, that, that saw that through to the end because we lost Rusty sort of at the beginning of that procedure, and Julie kept the ship righted and kept the deal going forward. Uh, and uh, that last year that she worked at the lodge, she was working just – incredible hours and under a lot of stress, but we got the deal done and um, we've been here now 10 years as owners. Oh my gosh. 10 years. It seems like it was yesterday, but uh, we, yeah, I know. It does. Uh, and, and you are, uh, we're, we're going to celebrate. Uh, and John reminded me of this. You were going to celebrate uh, uh, Gates of Sobs Lodge 50th anniversary this summer. Yeah. <laughs> We were, but all we ended up with were a few shirts <laughs> that say 50th anniversary. <laughs> John suggested maybe it's a good idea that we that you have a hell of a big bang up next year and have it celebrate the 51st. You know what? That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 I and think we'll all be ready to have a, have a good celebration, and uh, there's probably nothing better to celebrate than one of our favorite players and some of our favorite people. <laughs> uh, Josh, it's it has to have been a certainly a challenging year. Uh, every time John or I are over there, we see we see what seems like uh, plenty of clients. But you know, when you're restricted to four people in the shop at a time, it's it's probably not like old times. Uh, tell us a little bit of what it's like uh, dealing with the shop, uh, the restaurant, the guides. Uh, take us through a little bit so we can uh, share in some of your pain and successes that uh, has come during this mess. Well, it was it was really a strategy session at the beginning. Uh, so many unknowns. Um, obviously, we're trying to stay in trying to stay in business, and uh, I. I decided that our best path forward right away was to try to become an online fly shop. We already had an online store, 
But now all of a sudden people were looking for uh, like flies and tippet and floating because they were still fishing. This happened right at the start of what we consider the fishing season, but they weren't traveling. And so uh, the team worked really hard to put our flies online and that kind of took off. Um, A lot of the support we received was, it was literally support. It wasn't business. It was support. It was like, what can we do to, to help Gates Lodge and, and, and other fly shops? I mean, it was, it, it was amazing how the community kept the industry afloat. And um, so we made sure to, you know, be cognizant of what was happening, but also to push forward and say, look, we have to stay in business. Um, but more importantly, we have to stay healthy. So there was lots of talk with the guides. Everyone was going a lot of different directions at once. You know, there was there was new unemployment for for the self-employed, new unemployment benefits for the self-employed that we had to look at with the guides and 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 um, and try to help everybody get through that. That initial month was just such a was such a time of uncertainty, um, and. I guess as this developed, as you read news stories, it occurred to me that besides our health, the health of the people coming here, the health of the people working here, it would also be really, really bad for the business if one of us got sick. Because mm-hmm. we were just starting to deal with people, you know, right around mid-May, we're starting to deal with people individually as customers, and you can't do that right now. If you're if you if you have the coronavirus, um, if you test positive, that starts a chain reaction within the business. Never mind all the health concerns and risks. So, we were very conservative with our approach, uh, and operated the the entire fly shop, restaurant, and front desk of the hotel through a single window in the fly shop uh, for about three weeks, and that was probably the most exhilarating, frustrating, and hardest work we've ever done. We've done since I worked at Gates. Because uh, it was a single point it was a single point of business. And then we had a team running around in the back, putting together a sandwich order, 12 flies that might work, floating in a new fly line, um, and then putting it back out the window. So that that's sort of how that developed initially. Um, it was, it was, it was kind of like, controlled madness well it was well controlled madness because uh, I'll say as a customer uh, we didn't see any of that uh, panic or, or uh, chaos uh, it, it everybody knows it's different times but uh, same things seems to be to, to be running quite well and smoothly and, and again uh, you get to the window and you, you talk to Danny or, or Kim or, or you or whomever and uh, uh, what you needed materialized whether it was a sandwich or or some flies, or a, a, a neck for tying, or whatever. Was, I, I congratulate you on on what was a, at that time a, a, not a difficult thing for your customers. Mhm. Well, it was it was the team. I mean, everyone came together and and tried to get this through. And and then there was a certain amount of evolution that happened from that initial setup. You know, once we could open the doors a little bit, 
at first we kind of relaxed, relaxed more than we are now, and we're letting people in. And that's because other businesses were really relaxing and letting everyone in. And this was, again, right around June 1, I'd say, that that happened. And then the mask thing started going again. And we were we were kind of doing a, you know, please wear a mask. And then it became, you know, more of a mandatory mask. And a lot of that is, again, just a conservative approach saying, you know, this is what it looks like helps reduce everyone's risks. And I think it's important at Gates, I have people walk through the door that are 90. I have people that walk through the door that are nine. And everyone's reality and their perception of COVID-19 is fundamentally and um, necessarily different. Um, this means this illness means a lot more to my parents than my kids um, as far as health, health risks. And that's all everyone kind of knows that. But you know it, but until you see it in a business that has a wide age distribution, you don't feel it, but we feel it here. So we'll have a person come in that that doesn't much care for current regulation. Um, let's say here she's 30 or 40, and then right behind them we have a person who's, you know, 80 wearing rubber gloves and a face mask um, mm-hmm. and doing six feet and very cautious. And it's important that we, that we accept all those views and, and – try to protect I think the the most imperiled link and so that was our that has been and and developed into our philosophy which is why the restaurants take out only and um, outside dining and the fly shops limited to four with masks well it's well Well, done yeah it's it's really exciting Josh that you're, you're taking in the whole view and and not you know those segmented views and you know even with the masks on, <laughs> to Glenn's point earlier, everybody's—you can hear the the smiles and the voices and the, you know, see the enthusiasm in your eyes, and it, it's nice. And it, I think it does give people a lot of, you know, a lot of comfort uh, in, in continuing to patronize your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, you mentioned the guides. That had to be a really tough time because. You know, they're they're one on one or or one on two with clients, and uh, uh, they were they were shut off for what uh, two months, the beginning of the season. What was the time? They of- they did they lost they lost about a month of real consistent business, and they lost a month of inconsistent but very important business to start the season. So yeah, about two months. Oh my God! And w- were they able to get some uh, government help for uh, uh, self-employed? Well, they're self-employed, so I didn't pry. I helped them with the setup of it as far as what I was learning. The whole system was bogged down. Um, everyone, Everything was operating on the fly at the time. Um, but, but I think they did. Um, and then, again, they adapted, and you saw the different levels of adaptation. I, I let the guides set their own parameters for what they felt was safe and you know, some guides would, would not share a vehicle with a client. Uh, some would because maybe their vehicle was bigger. I had guides put um, 
barriers between them and their clients and had the clients sit in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was a lot of energy towards getting that that part of the operation back in action. Because um, I'll tell you one thing, and I think we've all seen that, starting in June, people just wanted outside. Outside was the safe place. And that, that persisted through the summer. And and the campgrounds were all full. It would be like a Wednesday in, in Canoe Harbor Campground, which is just a state campground that's rarely, if ever, full. It would be full on like a Wednesday. So, right. <laughs> you know, people went outside and, and, and guides operate there. And earlier in the spring, they were shut down. But we did a little lobbying, and the MUCC did a lot more lobbying. And they got the guides classified as um, – under the same heading or footprint as recreational builders, um, outside labor. And once they had that, they were able to start guiding. And the guides took a week before that happened to, to make some of those changes that I already described. You know, how would they do car spots? You know, no matter how you do a float, your vehicle has to get moved or you have to share a car with a guide. There's no other way around it. Um, and we and we got it done, you know, and and that's largely uh, their doing, and the and also the flexibility of the customers to go. Some of them jumped through a lot of hoops, you know, had a spouse pick them up at the end just to go fishing with a guide. And uh, again, just like with the fly shop, some of that was because they wanted to go fishing with a guide. Some of that was was recognizing that if they didn't go fishing with a guide in 2020 they wouldn't get to go fishing with that guide in 2021 because the the bills of guiding are paid in May, June, and July. Sure, sure. Oh, interesting. John, this is fascinating. It's behind the scenes stuff on uh, on what what goes on. We don't we don't even have a clue as as to what some of that is. But well, uh, I think it'll, I think you're right. It's going to be an eye opener for a lot of our listeners. And Josh, I mean, to that end. Um, while while challenging and laborious and probably mentally straining, I'm I'm thinking there's there's been some some positive stories to go along with it. Oh, tons of positive, yeah, tons of positive. It, a lot of this comes down to the nature, your own personal nature. Um, I I have a job that that to me feels very public because I talk to a lot of people during the day. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm a loner by nature. So, uh, <laughs> personally, this doesn't affect. In fact, we had a customer and going, you know, I just miss people. I'm going, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I like people a lot and, um, but I don't need, uh, that sort of constant interaction. And a lot of people that work up here don't either. So, Personally, it was like, you know, some of the guides, I think, and, and, and us working in the shop really enjoyed what amounted to a a bit of a time with our families. You know, I did a lot of fishing uh, with my kids and with Katie because, at, you know, unlike some areas, we just weren't, we weren't impacted on a health level initially. There, there you know, I wasn't getting calls from customers saying they, they were sick. We weren't sick um, that we know of. Um, and so it was like 
it was like a pause button. And that giant pause button, we learned a lot about the business too. When, we, when I started at Gates, I, I took over a very busy business. No time to think about it, just time to operate it. And the pause button that we had to, to, to try different things that out of necessity, tons of positives there with, with how I think of the business, how I think of being busy, and um, how, I, how I think about, you know, the time we have on the river. And uh, that is something that I hope I don't forget. And I think a lot of people in different industries in different walks of life can take that, take that away from this. That's a great perspective. Thank you, Josh. I, I was touched by your comments uh, right in the beginning about uh, the fact that uh, so many of, the, uh, of your, your fishermen were, were calling up and buying things not just because they needed them, but also specifically to support Gates and, and other fly shops in the area. And that, that's, uh, that, that, that's fun to be a part of a group of people that uh, feel that way, don't you think? No, Rusty, Rusty used to say it's, it's all about the river and the community. And mm -hmm. you, you feel that with anglers when people send us money to fight a fish farm or a fracking operation um, mm -hmm. that's that's just in the wrong spot. And I felt it in a different way this time, because like me, to them, Gates is just a part of their lives, such a part of their lives that even though their own personal finances are, were undoubtedly taking a hit, they still thought to reach out. You know, some would put money on an account that they, they're like, oh, I'll just spend it this summer. I can't tell you what that that meant to us to have to have operating capital. Oh, a, <laughs> when you know March is that's our the end of our fiscal year is April one, so we're at the lowest of our low, and we get shut down. And oh my you know God. it was hard work and generosity, and that's that's every I mean that's every Michigan fly shop. It's and, and I know, like I said it. It's not just Gates. I mean, people have their own local shops at you know where they come from. They travel to Gates, and I know in talking to the owners of those shops, it was, it was universal. You know, just we need we need our fly fishing and we need our local fly shops, and that's pretty. It's humbling and and not something that's easy to pay back. And I think the payback is we just try to be here in 2021. You know, better than ever. So. I think we'll, we've accomplished that. What a tribute to the sport and your clientele and the business. Mm. Mm hmm. That's fantastic. That's awesome. The, um, I, I, I think, um, we'd kind of be remiss if we didn't, uh, try to touch a little bit on, on our, uh, on our theme this year. And obviously, you know, we're, <laughs> We're in the same conundrum that the whole reason for the podcast is because, you know, the museums are closed this year and uh, we have an opportunity to still stay in touch uh, with our visitors and, you know, people that share our passion um, just as they do, you know, with you. But to that end, um, 
do you have do you have some uh some guide stories from your day in the boat uh that that would be of interest to our listeners oh i feel like i feel like i can only recall stories if i sit down and start writing and a lesser story will remind me of a better story um <laughs> that's fair so <laughs> Off the top of my head, it's it's uh, it's a little tricky, though I did get out and do a little guiding this year. I always do a couple trips every year and um, had some real fun nights uh, actually guiding Hex, uh, which, which I don't do very often because it's also really busy in the shop. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that that struck me this year because the rivers are just so busy and they're even busier this year because people are able to get away. They're working from home. You know, all of a sudden there's twice as many people on what is already usually a very busy river. And I remember I was floating my friend Dennis and we sort of just got wedged in to a pool and you just got this one pool. There's people everywhere. And and he caught these two nice fish, and he's on a breathing machine. So <laughs> when he hooks these big fish, he, he has to turn on the breathing machine to keep up his breath. Um, and <laughs> after he caught those two, he said, anything bigger than that last one, and I'm going to have to hand the rod off to you. <laughs> so oh, they're just heart. <laughs> <laughs> and And what struck me about that, that little night there, as we had a long paddle out through flashlights, um, was was how the river, it, you'll think in these big, broad philosophical terms, but once a fish rises, your focal point goes from really pretty grand to like six inches to the left, you know? And 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 that was a way, that encompasses how we all escape uh, a pandemic in our minds by fly fishing is, oh, that's, that's is needing to catch six it. inches to the left. Breathing machine in, in the in the riverboat. Uh, uh, Josh Joe Guile told us a story about uh, one of his most amazing uh, experiences was guiding a fellow who was uh, sightless, and, and uh, he didn't know if he could do it. But uh, they went through the evening, and, and the, you know he said a little to the left, a little to the left, and the man caught fish and had an absolutely delightful night. So uh, I remember that man. I remember yeah. that. I remember that man. Yep. Great story. Yeah, John's right. Uh, our theme this year is uh, river guides and their stories, and we've deviated a little bit to give our listeners a treat with you this morning, uh, Josh. And, and what a great insight into uh, into running the business during this tough time. And and uh, I, I, you know, I feel much better about being a fisherman, John. Don't you? After listening to Josh. Well, it, I've always felt great about being part of the fly community, and um, you know, it, it, it is. It's just it speaks to the to the quality level of people that we have the privilege of interacting with and calling friends absolutely yep. absolutely josh we know you're you're running a business and we so appreciate the time you you talked to to our our listeners and it's been a treat uh, we love what you're doing and uh, uh we wish you the very best and i think uh, uh we really would look forward to a terrific uh 51st anniversary celebration of uh, 
Gates Lodge next summer. Do you think that'll really make sense? I do. Consider it a formal announcement. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're breaking news it. on the podcast. Breaking there news. <laughs> we don't get many schools, but that's great. Yeah. yeah. It's good <laughs> uh, stuff, man. Thank you so much, Josh. Katie and uh, Danny and uh, and Kim and all your all your terrific uh, helpers there. Well, that was pretty interesting. Um, clearly, a little bit different than our normal lighthearted uh, podcast, but uh, hopefully insightful for everybody as well. So there you have it. Uh, that's this week's effort. We hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll look forward to touching base with you next week. Until then, be safe and mind your backcast. cast.